the disease, and I'm the cure. back to the combo bullets there's new bullying me host leroy aka marion cobretti with my co-host <laughs> so you're the disease and i'm the cure or no aka the disease okay i'm the disease you're the cure or you're the disease and i'm the cure i can't remember which one. <laughs> or vice versa i don't know <laughs> what we're the disease and the cure how about that? all right there you go all right i am eli we're big pharma yeah, I'm Eli, aka Doctor Squatch. <laughs> there you go. The the soap. <laughs> I've been outside shoveling in this stuff. The I was like, not AKA sponsored the by not sponsored by Doctor Squatch, but if you want to, oh you know. yeah, no shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll buy a bar. Yeah, and the reason wanna... I did that because <laughs> for those who didn't get the reference, right before I started recording, we started doing this podcast. I was watching Cobra on HBO Max. Great so, flick. Yeah. Great flick. I was watching. I was like, why don't they make movies like that? I got to ask something about this, Eli. Why is it every 80s action hero never had a holster? Why did he just a put holster? the guns just right in the pants? Hmm. I don't know, man. Because not... So you can see that So you can see that awesome Snake Cobra logo on his fucking gun handle. That's <laughs> But why. it's a gun in his pants. Just just put it in there. Just I don't know. That's... It's symbolism, man. I know phallic symbol. I get it. I, we watch the eighties, yeah, but just like shooting from the hip, <laughs> like maybe they shouldn't do that. But it's the eighties. A lot of weird shit happened back then. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. We don't have a whole lot of show this week, so we're gonna do a speed run. We're gonna run through this thing as fast as possible, so I can get back to watch Cobra. But until then, we do have some stuff that we can watch on there. So yeah, uh, I do want to start off with a a classic. We're back to classic Eli. Okay. So, yeah. So, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? Oh, shit. I don't know. Ant-Man again? I, don't, I really don't know. I didn't even pay attention. Okay. Was it co- Cocaine Bear? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what came out this week? <laughs> okay. You're 0 for 2. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, the number one movie of the week was Creed. Oh, Creed that Creed. came out. Okay. That came out this week. Yes. Yeah, so, that was the number one movie of the week. So, we do want to give credit for Jonathan Major because not only does he have the number one movie of the week, he also has the number two movie of the week. Now, I don't know when that has happened, it's only like a few actors that have ever done that. I think, well, Tom Holland did it, you know. Uh, but who else had like the number, like two number one movies in a year? I think the maybe the last time, like, no, I think the record is Jim Carrey. Oh. He did have like three in a year. I was saying Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson got to have done that at some point. But not number one. He starred like one big blockbuster movie and a bunch of uh, indie movies nobody ever heard of. Mm. But it's for, like one, 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 one. Yeah. Stan Lee. Stanley did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Jonathan Majors, I just want to say one thing about Jonathan Majors. Uh, I do want to show this picture right here, and I do want to let people know on my timeline, stop tagging me in this, because I don't know what this is. I know, Eli, we're supposed to be the nerd experts on everything, all nerdy shit like that, but I don't. we're not the anime bullies. We're, yeah, the we're, we're, bullies. we're old nerds. <laughs> we're old nerds. So we, we do know anime before 1995. 
that is our cutoff date. Anything after that, don't tag us and shit like that. So when you stack the post shit like that, who is this? I don't know who that is. Don't text me in that. It's okay. I sure don't. So if if I don't know it, Eli don't know it, we don't know it. We're not we, we were making cobra jokes at the beginning of the show. Exactly. <laughs> that should tell you something right there. We made a cobra joke. <laughs> if you if you understood our cobra reference, then you probably don't know who that was either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Moving right along. Let's get to the podcast. Like I said, we don't have a lot. So instead of talking about some funny fictional shit, when we talk about, we're gonna talk about some actual real shit that kind of really happened. Stand-up comedy that happened this week. So we're just gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about uh Chris Rock selective outrage. That's the thing we're gonna talk about. We want to talk about that because it was on Netflix. It's probably going to be the biggest stand-up of the year. I didn't say best, I didn't say funniest. I said biggest, the one that everybody's talking about, the one that has Twitter afoot, you know. Uh, I do want to say this, Eli, that my Twitter act- account was actually dis- deactivated. So I turned it on just for this. Oh, no shit. Yeah, because there's no- I don't watch Twitter. I'm- I don't watch Netflix. There's nothing on it for me. All y'all love these Wednesday shows and Outer Banks. I don't watch all this shit, man. I don't care. I rarely watch TV. So if something's on, I watch it. So... You know what I Here's watched? What I, what I finished watching like this week, mm-hmm. Superstore. I might, have told, I might have told you that I've been. I I, I recently started watching. It kind of just started showing because I got Peacock and it just automatically started playing. I, I'll be honest with you, Peacock is killing Netflix, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was watching Superstore for the past couple months. That was a great fucking show. So so Superstore is actually good. Yeah, I watched all six seasons. I was like, "Damn, this is six it, that, shit." Yeah, it's six seasons because it, it was funny and it kept, you know, I, I like it, it. took me a couple months to get through them all, but I was into it. And the last, the finale was great. You know, the finale they actually nailed the finale. So they actually had like a a a finale on a there. series okay. finale that, and they went out with a bang. And I was like, "But I will say this: Oh, I shouldn't spoil it." But mm-hmm. they had a character named Elias. And that's my, you know, Eli, I'm short for Elias. Um, every time mm-hmm. there's a, every time there's a character in a movie or a show or anything named Eli, they're always like a creepy weirdo, fucking, you know, evil priest or some weird monk that doesn't get laid or some shit. Or the weird. And there's a character name named Elias in the show that was a weirdo. And I was like, damn it, again. <laughs> It could have been worse, Eli. Your name could be Ralph. So <laughs> there's never been an awesome Ralph in anything. You know, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph has just always been just a creepy motherfucker in any movie it is. Like you never seen Ralphie any, he, from Ralph. Christmas Story, but that was Ralphie. That was Ralphie. Yeah, he he. he didn't that was count. cute. <laughs> yeah, like the the hardest name, like Marion. You never heard a hard Marion until Cobra. Oh, Marion Cobretti. That's the, just, should we just it, talk about Cobra? Let's just talk about Cobra. Let's, let's just, just do a Cobra commentary. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to what we were talking about. Okay. So we were talking about Netflix. The thing is, now I didn't know that they had another tier of Netflix. So they lowered the price. So this is how much I paid for Netflix this month. Seven dollars. Oh. Paid seven dollars for it. I do get commercials. So that thing has already got, got to effect right there. But here's what I do. And this is what I recommend what all people start doing. There's too many streaming services out there. Maybe you can afford them. Maybe you just blow them in for no reason. If you don't watch all of them, don't pay for them. Here's what I do. If it's a streaming service I'm not paying for, like Paramount Plus, like Netflix, or some other crazy shit out there, like Showtime or some shit like that, I'll watch it for that one thing I want to watch. And immediately when I pay for it, I cut off the service. 
So that's what I did with Netflix. As soon as I paid for that $7, I cut off the service. It's done. That's it. So guess what happens? In the month when it's over, Netflix will just go away. It won't charge me again for some shit I'm not watching. I forget I'm watching. It just goes away. And when I want to watch something again, I pay for it again. That's your life hack. That's your TED Talk. Okay. That's why we have a podcast. So we can say shit like that, you know. Uh, but anyway, I'm back on Netflix for the next 30 days. And I may watch some other crazy shit on there. I might watch Day Shift again or something like that. It was something I wanted to watch on that too. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I'll watch it again for right now. So we have that. We're going to talk about the Chris Rock thing. It's been a year since the slap happened, slap gate. We all forgot about it. We didn't think about it. It was like, whatever. And Chris Rock is here to remind us again about it. You know what? I'm not mad at him for doing that because, like I said, it's been because he's getting paid for it. That's the thing. We don't know how much Netflix paid it for him, but we imagine it's like an insane amount of money because they did a live show like it was live when it happened. And I don't know. I didn't even know Netflix did live shows. So he got paid for it. He did a bunch of shows. And I did like that the name of the show was Selective Outrage because, honestly, Eli, it was a thing that you have been talking about for like the last couple of years on here where you talk about people selective when they get mad at it and what they don't get mad about, you know, because the Internet tells them to get mad about it. We just follow the trend. We just follow the leader. So, yeah. And he he touched on that. He did go on that. Um, he said some other things on that. People, I guess people were thinking he was just talking about the Will Smith and Jada thing for like an hour and 30 minutes and just go on about that. But really he didn't. It was like the last 10 minutes or some shit like that. And the rest of it was, he just doing his regular stand up bit, you know, uh, shout out to my boy in Seattle. He said it was the exact same set he did in Seattle. He just oh, did it for sure. live TV this time. Oh, so, you yeah. got homies in Seattle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I got people everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's the thing. So, uh, like I said, I liked a lot of people because they just like to hate things like, oh, he ain't funny. He's never been funny. He ain't this. He ain't that. I was like, I was laughing. I don't know. I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Open. Yeah, I, laughed. The point. I laughed. Yeah. Honestly, I almost would have uh, been fine if he would have left out the Will and Jada shit. Yeah. Like he just kept everything going to lift it out. I just, or even if he did bring it up, just be like, you know what? That was a year ago. I'm over it. They're over it. Move on. That's that's not what happened. That is not what happened at all. He went in a direction I did not think he was going to go, but he went there anyway. And at first I'm thinking, okay, yeah, it's a year later. He knows he's going to get the people what he's paid for. He's going to put a performance and he's going to bash Jada and bash Will like that. And it's just, but he's going to be funny about it. But the thing was, the more he started talking, it didn't feel like he was joking. It felt like it was a rant. He was messing up jokes. His voice was getting angrier. He was getting more emotional. I was like, oh, damn. He's really still mad about this shit. Yeah. Like, legit. This ain't a joke or comedy. He's mad. You know, and I was like, damn. Okay, but you know what? I can't really get mad about that. Because I'll be honest with you, Eli. I got punched in the face in the third grade. I still remember that guy. <laughs> I still remember that guy. Dude, I still I still, about every it. time I see these scars of that motherfucker <laughs> on my porch, to the one, yeah, ooh, yeah. I get so <laughs> exactly. So and I, threw, and I threw him down the stairs. <laughs> exactly, and you won that fight. <laughs> now, to be honest with you, when I got punched in the face, I put like that. We we tie. It was a tie. When he punched me in the face, we kind of like stop fighting. <laughs> you know, I got some good shots. It's like no, I, 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 got, I still I got think about when it. I was out when I was a kid too, man. Back in New York, yeah. I was I was it was the I, I was a little kid. In the eighties in New York City, so yeah, I got my ass whooped a few times, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I got right. some issues, <laughs> and that's the thing. I, I can't get mad because, like I said, oh yeah, we, we we're like with Chris Rock. That was a that was a year ago. By the end of the week, we had forgot about it. We was on some other shit. We had forgot about it, moved on. But yeah, he's still hanging on to it. But at the same time, like I said, you got in your fights. I've been in fights before. 
I've got punched in the face. I still remember it. I tried to, I, I still was waiting for this guy to like show up at a, at a uh, you know, high school reunion or some shit. I tried to follow his sister on social media and I had, and it crossed my mind for a second, like maybe that's, you know, maybe like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to go that route. Man, yeah, what I, am I, I trying to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so she just need to let go, but you do think about that shit after a while. So he can still kiss uh, my, he can still kick my ass, but I'm a fucking sister. <laughs> Hey, that's revenge. That's revenge. <laughs> and break her heart. Make her fall in love <laughs> right. and then break her Never heart. call again. Ghost her and say, revenge, motherfucker. <laughs> so that's what that's what I ate across my family. But then I, I had to catch myself for a second. But then I had to think about it. Okay. So if we're thinking about that, you know, third grade last year, you know, pandemic, whatever happened. But it happened to him in front of billions of people. That is still online. It can be recorded. People can watch anytime. Everybody got their opinion. Everybody talking about it. Mentally, that would fuck you up. I'm just yeah. saying it would. Yeah. yeah. So we can't get mad at him. I mean, yeah, we forgot about it, but he's still hanging on to it. But yeah, he still has some deep-seated, you know, issues and anger over that issue, you know. Yeah. And how far do we want to go? I'll just say this brief. I'll try to keep this brief. <laughs> okay. Y'all know how I feel about Will Smith. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we ban Will Smith on the, on the, you know, we ban Will Smith on the show because I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, but he's going through some shit too. Right. Yeah. He's got, is he, yeah, whatever happened, I don't pay attention to the entanglements. I barely know about any of that shit. I didn't watch, I don't watch her, his wife's show. I thought her, his wife's band sucked. I think his daughter's band sucks too. But okay, I digress. You hate the whole family. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm about to like let it loose. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna fucking rant on Will Smith or any of his family. <laughs> but Will Smith has got some issues, you know. He's probably hurting too, and I think what we saw at the Oscars was him. It not, was the not, what, what my what my grandma used to say: the camel that broke the the hump that broke the camel's back yeah that's what it was yeah it was him lashing out and not the best way pot dealing with his issues and not the most conductive manner um so yeah i mean i might not be a fan of will smith but people want to say hey men we have issues and we have you know we got to deal with them you know we need to fucking work through them and you know or shit like this is going to happen and right you know, I, I I generally hope Will Smith gets his shit together. <laughs> right. But but you but this this I'm glad you, you know? brought that up. Yeah. You're saying that Will Smith going through shit, going through issues, and his issues led to this. Mm-hmm. However, Chris Rock's response to this could be escalating that issue instead of him just saying it was a year yeah. ago, just let it go and it's it. Instead, now nah, he didn't call both Will and Jada, both bitches, like several times on the show, you know, <laughs> called them all kind of names, put all the business down the street. But, I mean, nothing that they didn't put out themselves, yeah. you know. Well, what uh, we saw, what we saw was Chris Rock finally letting, you know, getting his lick back, get, getting, getting his, his lick back. Get, getting his working through his shit. And I think so that's the thing about comedians. Yeah, a lot of comedians deal with their shit on stage, right? You know, and I and the, and Chris the stage Rock, is their therapy. Yeah, yeah. Chris Rock is one of those comedians that just like you know, lets it all out, you know. Um, I don't know if you ever seen Bill Burr talk about his dad. That's just not funny. But you right. can tell where all his rage and his that he's turned into humor comes from. You right. know. Um so yeah, I mean Chris Rock was her Chris Rock's got some issues too. And especially, yeah, over the shit he went through and he was working through it last night, you know. 
So, so yeah, I mean, if people want to get mad at Will or Chris for who did what and why and they were wrong or they were wrong and it's his fault or their fault, blah blah blah, or Jada's fault, blah 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 blah. It's the, in the end, we're, we're supposed to be woke and progressive, and you know, men dealing with their mental shit. You know, this right. is this is what it is. That's that's you what know? I'm saying. I know everybody's laughing, everybody having a good time like yeah. that. I'm seeing two men dealing with mental issues. One man yeah. putting his mental issues on this guy, giving him mental issues in the public eye. In the public <laughs> eye, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, and I couldn't even imagine that shit. You know, I, my, right. my that post that went viral last summer, I threw right. my shit, my shit on private because I don't want motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> racist motherfuckers DMing me and shit. Right. <laughs> so I can't, I can imagine the shit. You know, going through, right. getting, yeah, doing, going through the shit in the public eye. Man. <laughs> so I mean, like I say, it's a, it's a whole different level. You know, so I don't know. It's it's just weird. Uh, that's why, honestly, Eli. That's why I'm glad we're low level. <laughs> you know <laughs> people check in check out it's like that most of the people that can't check on us they are homies we're yeah. good we don't have millions of people just saying what whatever and whatever about this you know just like yeah. whatever you know yeah so it, it's a level that we can deal with we're good with you know mm-hmm. yeah and so but that's all i gotta say like i said uh chris rock overall show i thought was funny human oh. subjective if you don't like it that's fine yeah. you don't have to argue back and forth well that shit wasn't funny you should like it what why should you get mad what I like and don't like? Yeah. You know, we need uh, to really get over that. That we really yeah, have a comedy, problem with that online. Yeah. All art. All art in general, all, entertainment, all art whatever. Is, yeah. is meant to help us deal with this shitty world we live in. Right. You know, that's what it's for. You know, it, it's it's to entertain us. It's to make it's to help us get through harsh times. It's to help us think about and confront things that are that may be difficult and have us laugh at it or get scared of it in a safe way and then you know basically cope with it you know that's what that's what art and, and comedy is for you know um so i'm a big proponent of no if do what they want as long as it ain't hurting anybody and if you don't like it you ain't gotta watch it listen to it read it right you know and don't get mad or you know be little other people that like it it's yeah they really like this they like like yeah. you know chris rock didn't have to be your favorite comedian you know yeah. uh, but i do have <laughs> okay i do have to say something though <laughs> Sometimes somebody brought up a point to me. Okay, with all the jokes that Chris Rock makes, stuff like that, they're saying that Chris Rock tailored his jokes to a certain audience. And I had to think about that. Okay. Yeah, he's saying all this crazy shit about black people and this stuff like that. He's been saying crazy shit about black people for decades. That's kind of his brand. But what would I think about it if I was hearing those jokes and I wasn't black? What would I think about it? And that's what I think about for a second. I'm like, huh, those jokes are kind of fucked up. They are making us look in, look in a bad light and making us all look like, you know, exactly what, you know, negative stereotypes of us is. And he's kind of promoting those stereotypes to a point. I remember, what was that documentary he made about the hair? Good, Good hair. hair. I, I love I, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember he was on, was it The View or somebody? It was mm-hmm. on, He was on a talk show. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was Whoopi or somebody, a black woman asked him, it's like, well, thank you, Chris, for telling everybody our business. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, um, but I also, I've, I've heard people say that he he tap dances on on t- on TV on stage. And I've what rap, what uh, there was a rap album I heard late like, back in the '90s who like basically started beef with them and shit. With, with who chris rock with chris rock oh wow well you know because he made cb4 you know 
Yeah, no, this is like a rapper. No, it wasn't about CB4. No, it was something that he said in his comedy. In um, and a rapper just started laying into him, and I was like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> You're so because I, I, I do find it. Yeah, I, I do find it interesting that when the slap happened, we felt more worse about Will Smith than we did about Chris Rock. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so because people have already saying that he's always talking shit, he's always doing, he's always doing that, and gets like. Eventually, somebody's gonna slap the shit out of him. Matter of fact, yeah. that was a, even a joke in the two thousand where the Wayans made a joke that he went too far and somebody slapped the shit out of him. Yeah, and I thought it was funny. I, <laughs> you know, and I'm not condoning. And that's the thing is, I'm not condoning. You know, jumping on stage and slapping comedians. I'm not. I don't. Right. Think, I'm from the metal scene and the punk rock scene, the hardcore scene where motherfuckers jump on stage and sing along and stage right. dive. And, and, and a lot of people don't know that a guy jumped on stage with Dave Chappelle. Uh, yeah. about a few months ago, and yeah. got his arm broken. They, yeah. they you can't recognize yeah. that guy when they show yeah. a picture of him. Yeah, I, I, I like, I'm, you know, but that's like in our scene, like you can do that shit, but don't fuck with the band, you know, don't fuck with the performance, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, I'm not condoning like getting up on stage and slapping comedians just because you don't like what they're saying. I just my thing. The reason why I laughed is because the Oscars is such a circus. Right. And that was just another part of the act that I thought right. oh, this big extravagant, you know, bullshit fucking show. And that shit happens. I thought, oh, that's great. You know, <laughs> you know, that's why <laughs> like I laughed part of the at show it. I wasn't yeah. like condoning, you know, slapping comedians, you know. Um, but you know, I just wish Will Smith would have owned it. Like, yeah, I slapped him because he's talking shit, you know, instead of you know what he did, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna go back to you know that. But yeah, um, I think Chris Rock has has always sort of been one of them guys that's been honest and vulnerable, you know, with this comedy. And I think mm -hmm. that part of that is talking about the culture, whether it be the black culture or whatever. But, you know, he kind of brings things to light that, you know, a perspective that. But, not but everybody but, gets to see what, yeah. but, but what perspective that's the only thing because now when i do look at it he always are bringing it it is from a certain perspective but it's always us in a negative perspective like it always seemed like that and i know it's for comedy it's for yeah. jokes stuff like that but like i said the majority of his audience like i said my guys in seattle went to his show you didn't see a lot of this at his show in the audience okay, that's what i'm yeah. saying with his joke so yeah so. that is that is something to think about yeah yeah, so yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, as a non-black person, I mean, yeah, I think he's funny, and I'm a fan, and I've even read one of his books. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't. I don't see that as a negative thing. I think he's just being honest, and you know. But I, I can see like, I guess I guess what you're saying here in your perspective, I can <laughs> see that being a net. You know, if that's that, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting, you know. Hey, some people are still bad at him last year for, well, not last year, but whenever he did his last special and he made that joke about Mississippi, you know, just dragged Mississippi under the bus. And a, a lot of people down here are offended. I'm just like, why are you defending Mississippi? I live here. Don't defend Mississippi. No. <laughs> they just passed the fucking Jim Crow law last week. We can't even vote for our own, like, mayor and, and the uh, uh, legislators in, in Jackson right now because of the law they passed. So, yeah. It's like 1956 down here again, but yeah, that's you know, that's neither here nor there. It's another thing, but yeah, that's that's my only thing about that. It's I, I laughed at it, but I had to look at it through a different lens other than myself, and I was like, I could see why people could see he is shooking and jiving on on TV on stage like that. So yeah, yeah, 
No, so, I, I know that's something I never thought about. I mean, yeah. yeah. But like I said, I laughed. That's all it is. I laughed at yeah. it. I can't, I'm not going to say. What he said I, about White Planet of the Apes, holy shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> or Elon Musk. What the fuck? <laughs> what did he say about like, you know, every ne- time he negative makes a Tesla? Negative cum or something? Yeah, he like every time he makes a Tesla, he gets his dick sucked. <laughs> that was neg- funny to me. I would laugh my ass Negative cum? I'm like, yeah, that, that's a that's a phrase I never heard. <laughs> like, he was like, there's only one person that has less cum than him and it's Jason Momoa. That's it. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That's me. Yeah, like, people didn't yeah. laugh at it and set their stone face. Let's... You have more fun with your life. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, Eli, there were two specials that came out this week that was talking about the whole slap gates like that. And shout out to Gabe. Gabe put me on to this because I watched this special like like an hour before we stopped this. And this was uh ah, fuck, I can't show you. I can't show you. Here we go. I can't remember the name of the show. Uh Marla Wayne's God Loves Me. It's on HBO. Oh. It actually came out the day before the Chris oh. Rock special. Okay. Now, this special where Chris Rock talked about 10 minutes about the slap. This is an hour about the slap. It's all about that. Just about the Will and Jada Smith. Is it but funny? It's from, yeah, like that's the entire <laughs> set is just that, you know. But it's hilarious because Marlon is telling from his perspective because, like I said, he's friends with Will, friends with Chris Rock, friends with Jada like that. So he knows them. So he's going like an extra perspective on what he was saying. And it's hilarious. And, yes, it's like funny, funny. Like I was busting a gut laughing at that. So between the two, it's funny. And not only that. He's doing a better Chris Rock impression telling jokes than Chris Rock did in his special. So, like <laughs> I said, Wayans, you, man, they need to do more stand like I, what Damon Wayne's stand up shit was. Damon, Damon is hilarious. Yeah. Damon, Damon is a genius. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I, he was, I was, the, he, 90s, was yeah. he was ragging on like the metal scene and moshing and shit, but I was laughing my. <laughs> yeah. Like Damon is a legit comedic genius. Yeah. Like he, he's on that level with these guys. They don't put him there, but he deserves to be on that level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they talk about, Oh yeah. In living color and all that shit was all good, but his stand up, Yeah. was great. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, like he was saving in living color, like single-handedly they had some funny people on there, but it was Damon Wayans was ha- holding that show together yeah. when he left the show fell apart. <laughs> and so, Oh, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. So Marlon was going in there. It's, it's funny the way he was talking about uh, Chris and, and wheels like that. It, it, it was hilarious and he and the thing about it like both of these comedians like they didn't say anything about will and jade we haven't heard other comedians say because i've heard other comedians go way harder at yeah. them than it's this been, like it's a, been a long year <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was like maybe you shouldn't say that like you can get sued like that but the thing is that but that's the whole point about chris rock is select uh saying the show is about selective outrage because everybody has been talking shit about will but he decides to beat up the the smallest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, everybody else is said, talking shit about it. he didn't say anything about that. Meanwhile, on, on Emancipation, he's saying that people were spitting on him doing the set. Why don't you beat one of them up? You know, Can't he's do in character, man. Right, he's in character. So you <laughs> take it, you know. <laughs> I mean, when the movie wraps, but, you know. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, movie. after yeah, when 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 they when they when they say cut, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like say get say that then, but yeah, uh, that, that's all I gotta say on that. Like I said, we're not gonna spend too much on this because we're not. I do, I do want to say one more thing about just general comedy specials in general. Remember when it used to be special, Eli? Now there's like so many of them just flooding everything. Def be special, comedy like jam and Def shit. Comedy Jam. Yeah. We used to sit. Well, I, I I was too young to watch Def Comedy Jam. Oh, really? Yeah, I, <laughs> Damn, I, I can only. I can't remember I, what what was it like ninety two or something. 
Yeah, I was. That's the year I graduated high school. See, I'm yeah, old, I, man. I'm... I, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch. It. I had to. I had to sneak down and watch it. You know, <laughs> so I only watched like a few episodes. And when you know, when when the parents come down, like put the mute down, yeah, yeah, real low. Have like, what's that recall button? Previous channel, hit it. Just in case the parents. <laughs> so I had to do that. So, uh, but yeah, but like uh, like take take Eddie Murphy for instance. When Eddie Murphy dropped a special, it was an event. Yeah, Eddie Murphy oh, yeah. specials were in the theater. Spike like, Lee. No, not Spike Lee. I was going to say Spike Lee. <laughs> Robert Townsend directed Raw. Robert Townsend directed, yeah, Delirious. Raw. Uh, he, he, Raw. He directed Raw. Raw. Yeah. 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 So, and, and they and they were like some of the highest gross in like the top 10 movies of the year. His oh, comedy yeah. specials. Yeah. And we were all like in ninth grade quoting all that Yeah, that's the thing. You go to, that's the thing because before the internet, before they had memes, stuff like yeah. that. They would just watch it and that was it, you know. Maybe I know. I still say that. Shit. <laughs> like I said, it was a classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yes, is this new Chris Rock special? Is it a classic? Nah, it's not a classic, but it was funny. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I've it, seen it, some. There was some, some lulls. Yeah. There was some lulls in it. And it, and I, yeah. I do think some jokes miss, like just flat out miss. Like he told yeah. some, and I was like, I don't know about that one, man. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like sometimes jokes just stop being funny. Yeah. You know. Um, they become day. And they, I mean, I, when's the last time you laughed at, have you ever laughed at, Oh, that's going to leave a mark, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, but when I hear that shit in a movie, I'm like, Oh shit, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause you tell a joke too many times, but yeah. yeah. So that's all we got to say about that. So we, we can move past that. Like I said, we're not the, the stand up comedians, bullies. We that's, that's women be shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Black people do this. White people do that. No, nah, we go. <laughs> All right. So uh well, let's get into some comic book shit, man. Let's get into some comic book shit. Let's talk about Shazam 2. Because we right. seem to be the only people that will be talking about Shazam 2. And uh, you're probably uh, the only one who's seen it. <laughs> I probably will be the only one to see. It. I'm gonna stretch my feet out. I'm gonna bring like a futon with me, you know. Because I know I'm just being a motherfucker by myself. I'm just like, <laughs> You know, but the thing is, the reason I'm going to talk about Shazam, too, because like I said, the movie does drop in a few weeks, something like that. And the director came out because, like I said, we don't know whether it's going to be a Shazam 3 or how it fits in the James Gunn's, you know, cinematic universe and things like that. But the way the director was talking, like, he's like, well, we haven't really done anything to contradict what they're doing. So we could show up. But he's basically saying that the point of a part three is kind of based on whether or not people see part two. Well, like. Got bad news for you, buddy. This, <laughs> this is projected to be like one of the lowest grossing, like the lowest grossing DCU opening period, like out of all the movies. That's what they're saying. So people are saying like, it'd be funny if it beats Black Adam. It's not. <laughs> it's not going to be Black Adam. Yeah. It's not going to come anywhere close to Black Adam. Funny thing is, Shazam didn't even beat Black Adam, but Shazam was considered a hit. Well, Black Adam was considered a flop. So I did enjoy Shazam for the most Shazam time. was fun. It was it cute. Was like, yeah, it was fun. It was cute. I don't know why they're doing a part two and why they're doing a part two with Helen Mirren as the bad guy. I, that's what I don't get. But, you know, it kind of like, it kind of like just, just a movie, making a movie just going through the motion, just cranking out a movie. You know, yeah. what was that? What was that X-Men movie that was right before they just said fucking wrapped up everything? Dark Phoenix? Yeah. It feels like that. Yeah. But it's like, just, or New Mutants. It could be New Mutants also, but it's just, just throw some shit out there and just be done right, with it. New Mutants is a pile of shit, though. It is a pile of shit, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't care about the pile of shit. They just like just throw it out there to be done with it. Who cares if anybody like it? But should've just should have released Batgirl, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they might have. I'm honestly, I would have been more interested in a Batgirl in any shape or form than whatever Shazam. I would go movie. see Batgirl if it can. No matter how bad, honestly, because it would have been so bad, I would watch it. I was like, 
fuck it. it, it just, at least it's entertain. At least it's fun to watch. Like I can get, maybe be on some <laughs> enhanced substances and watch it. You know. Yeah. Uh, but as far as Shazam, the, honestly, the real reason I think, other than anything else, the main reason I think Shazam Two will be the last movie of this franchise is not because it may be a bad movie, not because it doesn't fit the James Gunn's cinematic universe like that, but one reason. I think the kids are about to age out of the role. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that kid from the first movie. That kid's right, like right. 25 so, now? <laughs> it, right. So imagine him in the third movie. We're going to see him <laughs> with, with, with his kids, you know, shit like that. Hell, uh, let me see what I'm trying to show you. While we're talking that shit, uh, I'm trying to show you the picture of the Shazam family. Yeah, uh, Mary Marvel in the back. Okay. She doesn't transform. That's her. Like, so when they say oh, Shazam, yeah, she the just older sister or whatever, the older sister. Yeah. So she, because, okay. In the first movie, there was an uh, older actress. She transformed to older actress, but so now that she's older, it's like, well, fuck you just be you. So they fired her and I just got the girl that was playing Mary Marvel as Mary Marvel. So it's like, so if she's already playing her, eventually the other kid is going to be in that role also. And it's kind of like, it makes the growing older uh, pointless. And the thing is, Shazam as a franchise doesn't work if Billy Batson is in his 30s or whatever like that. Because the thing is, Alan Moore wrote a story like that. And you don't want that Alan Moore story anywhere near this franchise. Trust me. So, oh, uh, yeah. So that's what I got to say about Shazam, too. Like I said, it's, it's going to flop. I, I will report on it and tell you how bad it is on a scale from Morpheus to uh morbius to ant-man <laughs> how bad it is you know yeah, do the work <laughs> yeah exactly I, I i do the review so you don't have to <laughs> taking one for the team <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh what do we got next i feel like i skipped something uh i did skip something but don't worry we're gonna circle back around we're gonna circle back around um i do want to talk about peter pan and everybody's hot everybody's mad Every YouTuber out there is in disgust right now and in rage and all like that. We we know why, you know. Let me see if I can find the reason why. That's the reason why. Yeah. Oh my God, Black Tinkerbell. <laughs> Honestly, Eli, at this point, I don't have the energy to give a fuck one way or another about that. To get upset, to not get upset, to go to bed for it. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, Black I Tinkerbell. Don't, I okay. don't give a shit about this at all. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, in <laughs> the though, 90s. Even though Tiger Lily's finally being played by a native actress. That's what I was going to ask you about. Because yeah. I want I want to I want to gauge your opinion on Tiger Lily. How do we feel about Tiger Lily? So so Tiger Lily gets a pass. Sure, I guess. Okay. I'm, cool. I don't give a shit. I, okay. I, I don't care. You know, I'm like, hey, all up to this native actress who's getting some work. I hope she gets more work and she has an awesome career. But I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this shit. I don't, I'm sick of like the fucking Disney handouts and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. They just, of, just you know. Okay. Can, can I get can I get mad at the Black Tinker Bell for a second? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> let me get mad about the Black Tinker Bell for a second. But I'm going to do it in a different direction than what these other assholes are doing. I'm going to be my own asshole. I'm going to pay my own way. Okay. So you got Black Tinker Bell. So you got the only black person in the movie, the only magic person in the movie with magical powers is black. And they don't even realize what they're doing right now. So they don't she realize their powers, though. Probably. She probably will. In this is movie. that electricity? Is that actually <laughs> pixie dust? They're going to change it from that pixie lightnings. dust to electricity. Exactly like that. Oh, I'm black now. I just got these powers, you know. Like the reason I'm upset about that because the only magical person in the movie has black powers. Do you realize, Hollywood, that you're reinforcing the magical Negro trope? Do you realize that? You don't even realize it. You're just doing it. Like, you want to make Wendy black? I don't give a fuck. 
make Captain Hook black. I don't give a fuck. Make the crocodile black. I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> why the magical person always got to be the only black person in these things? Look, the only that's my thing, man. I, one of these days, I'm going to dig deep and really rant about the magical Negro trope, but I don't have enough time. Not even in this show, we're not talking about shit. Well, I got to save that for my own time right now. This shit, wearing buckskin and riding a horse. That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get too mad, you know. <laughs> like, like, oh, this now, shit again? That, oh. <laughs> yeah. That being said, can I say something good about this movie? All right. <laughs> okay, let me say something good about this movie. Like, nobody else want to talk good about uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, but I'm talking good about Peter Pan and Wendy. Now, the thing I like about this is that it doesn't feel like a retread of the, of the old movie. It does feel like like a a an original ish idea even though they're using a, a a trademark they already have but it doesn't feel like it's a beat by beat recreation of shit they already had it does feel like they're paving their own way or making something imaginative creative because it's like i said peter pan you can do different things peter pan. people have done different things with peter pan uh i do want to say something about peter pan peter sandy pan is like my do you remember how old are you do you remember when sandy duncan played peter pan on stage Woo! that's yeah that's I remember, but like that, in reruns. That was yeah. like the early 80s and shit. Sandy What's Duncan. Oh, People don't even know who that is. Who the fuck is Sandy Duncan? I remember Peter Duncan. Pan. That's all I know. Some, somebody said something fucked up one time about Sandy Duncan one time. I'm trying to remember what they said. They remember that they, the reason they remember Peter Pan was a woman, but being played by a woman because when, when Sandy Duncan like leaned over and they realized there was no bulge right there, like, that's a woman. <laughs> I don't know who said that, but it was fucked up when he said. <laughs> who the fuck is looking at Peter Pan's dick? Jesus Christ! <laughs> somebody, it wasn't me, but somebody was looking at Peter Pan's dick and realized he didn't have a dick. An actress, it was like... comedian, singer, dancer. Bro- okay, she was on the whole sitcom The Hogan, and she played Peter Pan. Yeah, she played Peter Pan. So Peter Pan, Peter Pan was a woman. The wokeness, you know. Yeah, this was like back in when I was a kid. Exactly. And you know what? We didn't give a fuck. Exactly. Nobody. There was no. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, when I got dragged, my dad always dragged me to go see Disney movies because he thought I'd like them and shit, you know. <laughs> and I didn't like any of them, you know. But then he dragged me to Peter Pan, and then when the fucking the whole Tiger Lily and the White Man or Red Man Red or whatever that shitty ass fucking song, I remember just looking at him like, really, <laughs> really, this dad? What you brought me to <laughs> really. <laughs> Thanks, dad. You, you won't take me to see Star Wars again, but you're taking me to see this bullshit. <laughs> I wanted to see the dark crystal, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now we got Eli triggered. Okay, yeah. fuck Peter, <laughs> Peter Pan. Pan has tri- Peter Pan has triggered Eli. Okay, oh, I don't give yeah. a shit how many natives you put in this shit, how much fried bread you serve. Fuck Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll try to think one more thing that I'm gonna p- get pissed about. Oh, not that we're gonna come back to that. Uh, oh, I could get pissed at that. <laughs> we're gonna pick that. Oh, Wendy is played by Mila Yonovich. Her daughter. That's her daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. She's she's blowing up, getting bigger. You know. Cool. Um. Anyway, I can't find it. Anyway, That's I want to talk Pan? about. So Peter Pan ain't white. No, Peter Pan is Peter Pan's not white. Peter Pan is okay. I don't know okay. what Peter Pan is. He's racially he's ambiguous. He's, <laughs> he's racially ambiguous. There you go. Peter Pan is everybody. He's the Rock. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, one more thing I want to get upset about about this movie is that the Lost Boys, the Lost Boys had Lost Girls in it now. I'm like, the reason I'm getting upset about that because it, that does kind of fuck with the story a little bit. I, I Peter Pan was the first novel I ever read. So, oh no shit. And the first novel, not only the first novel I ever did read, you like I it like, though. I did. I oh, broke man. it down. It, the Peter Pan was the first novel. Like, okay, Moby Dick was the first novel I ever read, but Peter Pan was the first novel I ever read, and I was like, oh. multiple times or some shit. 
like twice, you know, like that. But it was the yeah. first novel I read that I got it. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like yeah. you like Moby you know, Dick you, could be a hard. That's a hard read. <laughs> it's a hard read. Like for like a kid. yeah, especially for, yeah, a kid. for a kid. So I, I like read it just to say I read it, but I didn't really get what was going on. Like okay, just a, a big whale. Okay, but put Peter Pan. I got it. It clicked with me because it was understanding what was going on with like you know basically Peter Pan went through trauma and he was basically stuck in childhood mode and drug everybody all his friends in the childhood mode with them oh damn yeah that's that's where the peter pan syndrome come from when you're just stuck in the rest of oh, development you know no shit. okay yeah. wow yeah that's, yeah, yeah, that's, man, that's the book <laughs> it's never thought of that dope. shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was some deep shit in the book maybe like i'm pretty sure disney won't go that route but yeah that's the whole point but the whole point with the lost boys is that when wendy came with the oh and, and wendy the name actually didn't exist before the book. Like the the writer of Peter Pan actually made up the name Wendy. Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah. It's the name didn't exist before. Him. I thought so, it was like short for Winifred or some shit. Maybe something like that, but the actual name Wendy, he he made that up. Yeah. Oh no. So shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so the the Lost Boys, they never. Well, I ain't gonna say they met a girl, but they never really hung around a girl before. So that's when Wendy came around. They just treated her like the mother, even though she's the same age as them. So they already have girls in the Lost Boys tribe. They didn't really make any sense. But hey, we got to be all inclusive. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Anybody I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't think about Peter Pan as a novel. Because I yeah. love, I love, I love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I read that shit like that was like my book report in like third, fourth, fifth grade. Because I read it so many <laughs> times and shit. Mm -hmm. But I liked a lot of Raul Dahl stories. I I love Fantastic Mr. You know Fox they're trying to and, cancel him, right? I know. That's like I see, <laughs> I'm hearing about that shit now. And I'm like, I love that shit as a kid, you know. And I wasn't white. <laughs> yeah, James and the Giant Peach and shit. But yeah, I mean, he he wrote a James Bond movie. Did he? I, I can't remember which one. It's like one of those Sean Connery ones. But he wrote one of them. Oh, oh shit! No, yeah. I, I was a huge. I was way into Raul Dahl as a kid. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but now how you gonna cancel somebody like thirty years after they already did like that? I don't, I don't get yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's the word. No, I heard they want to like change his like they want to like change the words in his book and shit. They want they don't want like fat and whatever right. names that he was using. The Body I, got, I can see the Oompa Loompas being a little problematic now. All these years later, yeah, but that's the, I, they really shouldn't change any of this stuff because we need to understand. Yeah. Because all of our literature, all of our art, all of our entertainment is a sign of the what time. times were back then. Like yeah. when you read that stuff, you like like. Eli, you know me, I read all these like 60s and 70s comics and stuff like that. When I read them, I can get a sense of what those artists and writers were going through. Like in the 80s, all that environmental crisis, stuff like that. Uh, when the 60s, when they had all that atomic fear and shit like that. And pretty much every supervillain and hero had powers from the atomic, you know, radiation and shit like that. That's, it's part yeah. of, you know, it's, it's part of our culture. Yeah. You know? And we can also watch, I mean, I'm sure you're watching Cobra. <laughs> and you're like, damn, they can't do that shit now. You know, I'm, sure I'm, I'm absolutely watching yeah. that. I'm like, that's what I watched. He just walked in and just shot a guy, just unload a clip on him, then told Ooh, like the a fucking, fucking joke. The beginning of the movie is a mass shooting at a supermarket. At a supermarket, right. Yeah. But here's man. the thing what if that would happen today, who would they be more mad at? The guy that did the mass shooting at the supermarket or the cop that shot the guy? Yeah. They probably were mad at the guy that shot the guy. <laughs> I'm just saying it's we, we don't know. Yeah, man. But yeah, but that's the thing. It's like I can go back and watch, like I watch a lot of 80s movies. Those are my kid, the shit that I grew up when I was a kid. You know, I watch all these horror movies and eight 80s action movies like Cobra and Commando. And and I can see 
the, the problematic things that are in there. I recognize them now today. And like, oh, I can say, oh, they, they, they would not do that now. But mm -hmm. I can still appreciate the entertainment value. Right. Cause you we need, we don't need to like, not to use a loose term, but to whitewash. I mean, like to wash over, we don't need to whitewash yeah. our history. Yeah. Like it's good, just, bad, just leave away. Like, like Mark Twain, uh, Huckleberry Finn. He yeah. says the N word like 260 times in the book. Like they, they count it. You know? And I, and I like that story. I liked Huck Finn way more than Tom Sawyer. Right. I felt bad for Huck Finn. Huck Finn, that was, he was a fucked up kid. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of felt and bad it, for Huck Finn. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they need, to, they need to leave that book alone. Don't touch it at all. Don't alter it. Don't do anything. Leave it the way it is. Yeah. And then when, when people have problematic or problems with it, we can have that conversation. Okay, yeah. we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. But if you just erase it like it never happened, you're going to end up repeating that shit down the road. Then some other asshole not as good as mark twain gonna just make a a, a book with the n-word in it 500 times just because yeah well like i like i'm sure a millennial or whoever the kids these days will watch something like weird science which i love or revenge of the nerds which i love and be mm -hmm. like oh my god uh. oh it's, it's already happened it's already happened you want to know yeah. the movie that they're doing it with ferris bueller oh that too that ferris too. bueller let me let me break yeah. let me i got i gotta break down ferris bueller fully because I'm, I know you've seen it, but the point is, <laughs> when we grew up in eight in the eighties, Ferris Bueller was the coolest dude alive. He, you know, he the whole world revolved around him. He had these girls, his friends did what he wanted. You know, he did whatever he wanted, and we just we idolized Ferris Bueller. But however, these Gen Z, you know, uh, people right now watching, <laughs> I can imagine I what they're about. saying now. <laughs> exactly, they're watching Ferris Bueller like, oh, he's toxic. He's white privilege and yeah. shit. <laughs> white privilege. He's a narcissist. You know, throwing around all these words like that because he had the world revolved around him. Everybody did what he wanted to. The white he, male fantasy and all that. Shit. Pretty much all that. He manipulated his friends because everything he manipulated his friends to do was for his benefit. You know, whether or not it fractured the relationship with their father and like that, it all revolved around him. So yeah, so we look at Ferris Bueller a different way than Gen Z looks at Ferris Bueller. Yeah, it's. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's out of conflict, like even like something like Weird Science or Revenge of the Nerds and mm -hmm. how they were like, you know, womenizing and making, and, and you know, women were, ob I mean, yeah, Weird Science, they make a hot chick. Right. From a computer. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> With a computer. Or, you know, mm -hmm. Revenge of the Nerds, they're spying on everybody and shit. Revenge of the Nerds would not get made. Yeah. At all. The, that, no, it would thing, not have. Back then, those were movies for the outcasts. Those were movies for the marginalized back then. You know, they were lashing out against, you know, the 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 the, the upper class, the bougie, you know, status quo, the one percent. That's what those that's what those movies were for back then. That's what we had, you know. But yeah, I can, I recognize how problematic they are now, but I still watch them because I yeah. I they're like again. You're, you're, you're I mean, they kind of like burned into our, yeah. you know, brains right now at this point. Yeah. Like they're quotables. Like we based our childhood off those movies, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. It's yeah. It's a comfort thing, you know. Okay. Let, let me ask you. Know. Have Have you seen Ingrid Goes West? You probably have seen. It. It's a movie that just yeah. came out like a couple weeks ago. It had Audrey Paz Plaza and uh, Wanda. What's her name? Real name? Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. Oh, okay. I think I know okay. what you're talking about. The point is, okay. Now, have you seen Single White Female? Yeah. In the 90s. Okay. So his thing. So Single White Female and Ingrid Goes West are damn near the same movie. But here's the difference. What if Single White Female was about the crazy chick from her, told from her perspective? 
as, as that's Audrey what Plaza, as Audrey Plaza the Christian. She's the so crazy it's a comedy. <laughs> it's a com- It's a comedy. So it's yeah. vice versa, and it makes you think because the back then we didn't relate to the outcast or the weird person. We idolized with the Bridget Fonda's and you know the Ferris Bueller's, yeah. you know the alpha person, the person everybody wanted to be. Yeah. But now I, we don't idolize with those people. Yeah, and I look at though I look a lot of those John Hugh movies, you know, mm-hmm. Weird Science, Ferris Bueller. You know, sixteen can all them shits like you know, or Breakfast Club. It was all about conform. It was all about people trying to get into that status quo. Weird science. Right. Those kids wanted to be popular. They wanted to be cool, party. right? And they knew a hot they chick would make them cool. Yeah. yeah, be be a part of the cool crowd. Same thing with, you know, all those you know, those movies are just about conformity and wanting to fit in, the need to fit in, you know. And that's why. And I look, I can recognize that now, you know. Um, and that's why I, you know, I, I, I tend, yeah, I, I, I tend to, you know, revolve towards other shit, you know, I, as an outcast, as a guy who didn't fit in, there was a few, yeah, a few movies like Weird Science that I thought was funny, but um, I guess I never had the desire to, to be like that. You know what I mean? Right. I think that, that was, I just thought that was funny, you know? <laughs> is, so it, it's just interesting what audiences are into and, whatever entertainment that gets popular or gets hot, yeah. you know, reflects that. Well, even it Revenge always... of the Nerds. At yeah. the end of Revenge of the Nerds, is it Gilbert who says, you know what? I'm a nerd and I'm proud of it. You know, he stands up in front of the whole college and, you know, owns owns his, you know, his, his outcast status. Right. You know, and uh, yeah. And that's kind of what, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, all that shit is problematic it was, as it was. It might have been stupid to laugh at it all them years. But in the end, that movie was about being comfortable with who you are, you know, being yourself. You know? Let's just hope Gen Z didn't find out about Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, or they, Weird they, Science. They, Same thing with Weird, weird Science. <laughs> yeah, they made this chick, this hot-ass chick, but she taught them how to be, you know, not assholes, not douchebags. They taught right. them, She taught them courage when those mutants show up and... <laughs> The right <laughs> you know they taught him how to like be like cool gentlemen and not you know douchebag you know frat boys like they were trying to be like you know like those guys that were trying like robert downey jr was right. the, one of them douchebags <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah. i mean we, they, I, I, they look at it out of context and i think that's the thing that they're missing is that's what we had back then we were outcasts we were the nerds we didn't fit in we weren't the cool kids and we were watching these this these marginalized characters face all that face the same things we were facing yeah. right because i mean teenagers we all go through the awkward phase so of course you're making movies for teenagers and you make them awkward because we're going to gravitate to that so yeah, yeah. so um uh, let me move on past that let's just hit something real quick i just want to see what your thoughts on this okay the baby yoda show baby yoda's back yeah, baby Yoda show. <laughs> so, like I said, one episode. Yeah. <laughs> one episode. What what what'd you think about it? It was fun. It it hit all the Star Wars sweet spots. You had action. You had a cool space. But I, I that space battle was awesome. Yeah, the dog fight when he's fighting the pirates. Yeah. Yeah, when in the fucking in the in the in the asteroids. Have there ever and, been pirates in Star Wars before? Oh yeah, Clone Wars. Those those 
clone the, those weak way or whatever they're called the, that species yeah. they're always like the criminals and like the clone okay so this that's the first that. time they've shown up before yeah okay. i think a few of them were in i think that they were like a lot of the gangsters that boba fett was dealing with on his show were like that same species instead. gotcha okay yeah, yeah. but so yeah I, you I got your they're... old school western reference with that standoff in the alley with the you know the the the, the pirates between mando and you know the, that shootout the, the mexican standoff yeah yeah um you know the big giant monster you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um i mean go ahead i was just saying the mandalorian continues to be the one thing that all star wars fans like yeah like it's the all, all one thing like i've never seen anybody to say they hate mandalorian if, no. if they're a star wars fan you know uh, like I said, every other project everybody can't agree on. They'd be like, okay, this is good. People like this. People like that. I've heard some people say Andor is the best thing Star Wars has ever done. Period. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. flat out. Some people say they don't like it. You know, yeah, so I've heard it's, people say it sucks and it's boring. Yeah, yeah. So, so you got people <laughs> all over the fence with that. Yeah. But on the other hand, the Mandalorian is like it's their go-to. They know everybody's gonna like. It's gonna bring everybody back. You know. Yeah. I mean, so, I do think people, they're like Baby Yoda's getting a little played out, but you know, I he he still serves his purpose. You know, he made me chuckle a couple of times. But, yeah. I mean, the show can't go on without him. Imagine yeah. if he just let him go with Luke Skywalker and the rest and season three is, is just the Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't I don't think the show would work. I, I don't me personally. Yeah. Um so. yeah. I mean there was a couple of scenes where, oh, that was kind of cute. And there was a couple of scenes where I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Here we go again. Crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he was spinning around the chair, I thought that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. When they were going through hyperspace, they he saw those space whales. I thought that was pretty cool. Those are now oh. those space those space whales. They're from like the Clone Wars. I think they were on Rebels and shit. But they're like hyperspace alien whales that can travel the same speed as light. And I believe in like the old canon or whatever. They were used to uh, like map out the galaxy. Because they were able to travel at light. Oh, that's doom. That's doom. That's some doom shit, right? Oh there. yeah, yeah. Space worms. <laughs> yeah. Sandworms. Yeah. <laughs> space whales or whatever. Oh, <laughs> and then the Zillow beast. Oh shit! That was the bad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching the Bad Batch at the same time. <laughs> See, you get confused. Like I'm getting this and the Last of Us confused. Yeah, like, like just, bad. They just like one show. It's just like. No, this just a little. The Zillow Beast showed up on Bad Batch this week. I thought that was pretty good. That was an old monster from the Clone Wars and shit that Palpatine was cloning and shit. Like a giant Godzilla beast that Palpatine cloned. So that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> I do. I think the, the big giant space alligator, I do think that was a lazy design. That's just me. Like it didn't have any kind of pizzazz to it. It, was it just sucks big. that they. This is the thing about what they've done to the Mandalorian. My, my one gripe is what they've done. Boba Fett. They've written Boba Fett into the corner. Now they're making up all this shit as they go along. The mythosaur, that tattoo or whatever, that symbol that they're always using, that thing with the tusk. Yeah. You know, that the old ancient Mandalorians used to hunt. Mm -hmm. They're extinct now. Even though they still wear the tat, they still wear that emblem. It's all it's all we saw it like the first shot of the show was like that metal shield with that mythosaur skull. On mm -hmm. you know on the wall and shit, but they're extinct now because someone wrote that they were extinct. Wouldn't have been cool <laughs> if that's what they were fighting in this scene. That kid, because they were like making that kid a Mandalorian, he's putting on the helmet. It was like a rite right. of passage. They did shoot me out. I thought that was a flashback. Yeah, but so I, I think I. they, I think they, I think they wanted you to think that. So yeah, they, they, got they got me. They got me. Yeah. 
but it would have been cool. Like, hey, now they now okay, now you got to fight a mythosaur, but oh, they're extinct, so we can't <laughs> fight them. So let's make up another giant alligator. <laughs> oh, and I do think we've got to say one thing about everybody's worried about uh Gina Carano. Don't worry about it. Cara Dune got a promotion. There you go. Cara Dune lives. <laughs> Cara Dune lives. She's now a space ranger or She's some now shit, a whatever. Fucking like that. cop. <laughs> Exactly. So there you go. So you don't have to feel bad about her. <laughs> Jenny Carano isn't working, but at least Cara Dune is working. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So we, we said everything we need to say about uh Mandalorian. Yeah. We can move on. Yeah, okay. Like I said. All right. Like I said, we may we actually went longer than I thought we were gonna do. I think we got time. That's to what happens when we never have anything to talk we don't about. Now we just aim that we're gonna talk about Cobra behind the scenes, extended edition, you know. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, you listen to this uh, long. This is the comic book bullies. We're talking about the comic books, and we go jump into it. Eli, you have more books than I do, but okay. yeah, I'm gonna get right. you jump well, into it first. What should, what should? Let's see what I got. Well, a lot of horror books. I basically read a bunch of horrors. We for March, but yeah. Okay. Well, this started in October, but it's now wrapping up. The last okay. issue, Sergeant Rock versus this the Army of the Dead. DC Harbor presents. Yeah. Okay. So this is just you know World War II zombie shit. The Nazis um, have found a way to resurrect their dead soldiers, and um, and Sergeant Rock and company. What are they called? Company C, company the e- easy company, yeah. easy company. Go back, yeah. get called in to go stop them, and that's what this series has been. They get, they go on the mission. They've been fighting these Nazi zombie soldiers and blowing them up, and it's just campy action. This is the last issue. They finally find Hitler, who's a zombie, and Sergeant Rock beats the shit out of him and blows this place up, and they all live happily ever. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> what happened. And here's a panel of Sergeant Rock. Beating the shit out of zombie Hitler. Um, well, okay. Yeah. So it's fun and campy and goofy. You know, that's what that's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. It, it, it remained campy and goofy, and you know, it was fine. You know, and it was written by Bruce Campbell. That was the hook. Bruce Campbell from The Evil Dead. This was his. Uh, this was his comic. He wrote. The, he wrote this. So, so yeah, it was fun, fun and goofy and campy. So three out of five. It's done. So yeah. All right, so what book am I going to do next? Well, first book we're going to do, uh, yeah, let's do this one. Okay, so first book I'm going to do, and I didn't get a chance to put the thing in there. Okay, so the first book I'm going to do is Action Comics number, I think, 1052. I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. The Super yeah, Family? The super, the super Family, yeah. Like I said, the regular book is Superman, but the Action Comics is Super Family. So, yeah, family. That's super family. <laughs> exactly and it's so many motherfuckers in here some of them even i don't know who they are like who are these people you know but they were superman so um let's see where it go right here okay so for the last book what happened was that there's this terrorist group called the blue earth coming out there and superman is taking he decided to put all his help steal with his own technology and basically they're going to be the most you know dominant technology they're basically going to put luther out of business let's luther out of business they're gonna make their own place and before they're doing that metallo is coming to destroy the building because he's been tasked to do that because his sister be a hill hospital lex luther so let's get to it boom let's go all right so uh starts off with superboy connor kent superboy because there's like three superboys in this book for some reason i don't know why but anyway metallo 
just beat the shit out of him and now he's fighting superman and you got this awesome splash panel you know with uh superman versus metallo so it's superman versus super metallo this metallo is stronger than he's ever been before and he's actually bragging like i heard you stronger than you ever been superman well so am i and like smacks shit out of him draws blood from him you know why he's doing that then the steel family because yes the steels are part of the super family also so they smack the shit out of him uh he grabs his hand uh grabs his hammer and i guess steel and metallo know each other so like i said i didn't do my homework but i'm gonna go on a limb and say that they're using the new 52 origin where steel and lex luther combine to make metallo so i guess they're going with that right now uh so anyway he beats you out of steel Steel beats the shit out of him some more and then mess up his face. My beautiful face messed it up. And meanwhile, that happens while he get cocks back Kamehameha or Hadouken to throw it steel. <laughs> he gets scooped up by Superman. He's out of there. Now, even though Kryptonite still affects him, he freezes breaths him and turns him into ice so the Kryptonite can't hurt him. Hurt him. And after that, punches him into space. KO, Superman wins. That's it. <laughs> meanwhile, the super, fan, uh, super family goes back and they watch everything on the news on like Lex Luthor's news channel where they just bash a Superman and just saying like nobody there. We didn't see it. Mattello there, you know. Uh, I'm gonna go back this mushy shit right here because basically talking about it. they put the kids to bed, they make them brush teeth, and they talk about them and meet them a bedtime story, blah blah, blah stuff like that. Don't care. Go back to Mattello. All right, so Mattello's in space, floating away, and then somebody tells him to wake up, and who tells him to wake up? His sister. Apparently, sister's being held hostage by the bad guys. And he's saying, Lex Luthor has me. And like, even though you completed your task of destroying Steelworks, you told him about me. So Lex Luthor changed the plan. He wants you to not only kill Superman, he wants you to kill his whole family. You're like, ah, shit. Okay, well, that's the plan. So now he's got to go back to Earth and finish the plan. Otherwise, Lex Luthor's going to kill his sister. Meanwhile, the super family is talking and and Superman wants to tell himself, like, I want to, oh, and the kids, they're from War World. And they're still getting used to living on Earth. As a matter of fact, the, the girl, she likes to sleep pretending like the bed, bed is her chains. Because that's what she's looking real world, you know. Uh, meanwhile, Superman is telling him, telling the family that it, I know everybody thinks that Lex Luthor is controlling Metallo. But I checked in with Lex Luthor because, you know, he has like this thing with Lex Luthor right now. He like, I looked into his cell. Lex Luthor is in his cell chilling. He hasn't talked to anybody. But whatever going on right now. Lex Luthor is not behind. Oh, so that's like the so that's going on in this too. Yeah, that's so, that's going on in all this. So okay. it's 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 all connected, you know. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's like, even though Metallo thinks he's talking to Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor is not talking back to him. And but only, only also the reason he thinks that Metallo is way stronger than what he's been before because he thinks somebody has stolen War World technology and put it in him to make him stronger than that. So whoever's doing this is not Lex Luthor and is using War World tech. And blaming it on Lex Luthor and blaming it on World War Tech. So they got to get to the bottom of it. So anyway, Metallo just falls back to Earth like he's Batman, you know, <laughs> just crashes. And he sees like these terrorists, the Blue Earth terrorists that wants to stop aliens from coming to the planet. And Metallo sees them, beats them up and takes them back to his uh, hideaway. I guess he can just teleport back to his place. And he teleports there. And what he wants to do with them, he's like, well, if Superman's got a family. I need a family too. And he takes one of the guys, put him on a table and just starts doing shit to him while he starts screaming. The end. So it looks like, oh, that's what the shit I don't care about. Yeah. So uh, it looks like Metallo is going to make a, a Metallo family of a bunch of mercenary racist terrorists. So yeah, 
okay. versus Superman family. So everybody's got somebody to fight. So yeah. Uh overall, good strong book. Uh four out of ten. I'm trying to see which one do I like better. Four out like of the, ten? Is that what you said? Oh, I'm sorry. Four out of five. Four out of five. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they correct. Uh yeah, that book I, sucks. I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> see what I like better. Do I like just Superman by himself? Or Superman and his family. I don't know. I'm. I, it's it's a good dynamic. It's a good dynamic going on. So yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I will move on to Marvel. The only Marvel book I read this week was Ghost mm-hmm. Rider number twelve. Awesome. Benjamin Percy still doing a pretty good job. Doing a good the job. The Wolverine uh, thing already happened, right? Yeah. I, no, not okay. that, that that crossover. Not yet. But they. Oh, I mean, he okay. he did show up for a couple issues or or mm-hmm. one issue. A couple months ago, but that big thing event that's probably going to happen hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. Uh, um, okay. But this is uh so, um, Johnny Blaze uh, has teamed up with this uh sort of FBI agent who specializes in the paranormal, kind of like the X Files, and um, she's like psychic and knows like the occult and you know black magic and shit. So they've been going around the country battling evil in all these towns different monsters in different towns because blackheart has been trying to basically influence the world and you know bring hell on earth and shit so he's just going around fighting different monsters and demons in every city he goes to savannah georgia which is one of the most haunted towns in america it really is yeah he (laughs) fights yeah yeah they basically go into the history and shit Mm -hmm. um and uh, he fights a bunch of demons in a cemetery. He fights this big giant demon that I think he fought before earlier on in the series and basically beats the shit out of him, you know, flames them all up. Um, while he's staring, in, while he's destroying that one demon, he can see in his eyes that he has had the penance stare happen. The demon um, had the penance stare? Yeah, and pro- at some point. And when he, what he sees in his eyes is Danny catches Ghost Rider. So then... Oh, so he's back. Ca- okay. So we cut to... Now, a couple issues ago, it was revealed that Blackheart was... Blackheart's been working with, like, another FBI. The same FBI agents that that the that Talia chick was working with. The, the other FBI, the, 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 the paranormal agents... There was the there was Talia, and then there was that one guy, and then they separated because that one other FBI agent was in cahoots with Blackheart, so he's working for Blackheart, and Talia is running around with Johnny Blaze. So it was revealed a few issues ago that that the FBI or whatever government agency has Danny Ketch in some underground top secret bunker, and they they're doing some weird shit to control them. So basically Johnny blaze saw a version, that version of Danny catch, you know, this weird version of Johnny, or Danny catches ghost rider, but he's in some sort of mechanical contraption that the government is using to control. Them. So that's kind of where the ends. So they're probably going to face off at some point and, you know, then so they, they still yeah. didn't say anything about them being brothers or anything like that. They are brothers. Yeah, they, are they are brothers. brothers. I I, th- I thought that was yeah. a retcon. I thought somebody I, did that. I yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that, that it, that's it a was, retcon. If like, yeah, it was yeah. like that at first. But yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. 
so Dan, Danny Ketch is out there doing some weird shit for the government. So. Cool. Danny Ketch, everybody favorite ghost rider, you just don't know it. Yeah. So, so four out of five. This is still cool. I'm I'm I've been into this. Still on it. Cool, cool. All right. So the next book I'm going to do is the final issue of Batman versus Robin. Oh, okay. The conclusion. Yeah. I thought it is already was done. <laughs> Apparently they Damien? had another is this Damien? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the final issue of that one, even though I thought the last issue was the final issue. Because, But yeah, this is it. So Barry, apparently this is after the whole Lazarus. Matter of fact, this is not only the ending of Batman vs. Robin, this is the ending of the Lazarus thing, too. So okay. it's all it's all done. So let me see where it's at. Can't find it. Damn you. I shouldn't worry that much about it. Where is it? Um, really what it is. Okay, hold on. Let me see. All right, so basically what happened for I'm gonna just catch everybody on what happened with the with the residents or the Lazarus whatever thing. Oh it's done. Apparently the devil Neza has been beaten. They put all of everything back the way it was, all the toys back in the box. Everybody has their uh powers back. And yeah, and the devil Neza's on the run. But however, the devil Neza, and I'll go ahead and show you the devil Neza has taken over Batman's body. So he's escaped out of his body into Batman's body. So that's where we're going on. So now it's Batman versus Robin, but it's vice versa. At first, Damien was possessed, but now he's regular and Batman is possessed. Let's see what he has to do with that. Oh, in this issue, someone dies. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it basically just saying everything I just said right there. Uh, King Red Bull or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, put all the Lazarus juice all over everywhere and they fixed it. Now everything's back to where it was. And now Batman's, you know, captured damien and yeah that's it so we're back up to speed and they're in the bat cave and damien's just telling him like okay if you already beaten batman and i failed to be batman and you don't need me why am i still alive he's like the reason still alive because i need to find my son king red bull or whatever his name is and damien's just like okay i'll help you find him just don't hurt my father he's like okay well herbin do it yeah, while Damien's looking for the Batcave, the thing is he destroyed the Batcave in the first issue when he was fighting Batman. They fucked the Batcave up. But anyway, he puts on some earplugs and he cranks up the decibels all the way to uh, 150 decibels, which, you know, hurts Batman's or Neville Nessa's ears. So he's like, okay, I just enough time to get out of here. So he goes for his bike and gets out of here. He's like, I need some time to get call some people, call get some help or something. And meanwhile, he turns around and he sees the Batmobile chasing him but it's all flamed up like Ghost Rider because of Devil Neza riding a hell Batmobile, you know. And, and Robin's like, damn, that's my, that's my Batmobile, the one he was going to give me, you know. <laughs> and then he's chasing after him and shit like that, chasing after him in a hell Batmobile, uh, shooting rockets at him and shit like that. He's dodging. Yeah, it looks like the Legion of Doom's lair or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, they, they they modeled it after something, but I can't remember what they did. But yeah. looks like Darth uh, Vader's head like a bunch of times. That's probably what he stole it from. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. So while Damien is chase, getting chased down by his father, he gets a call from his mother. And his mother's telling him, oh, I just want you to know that the devil never taking over Batman's body. He was like, yes, mother, I know. He was like, but no, you don't understand. Uh, if you remove devil Neza's soul from Batman's body, Batman dies. Because he was pretty much already dead before devil Neza took over his body because he was mortally wounded. So... That's what'll happen if you remove remove their spirit. But if you don't remove his spirit, he's gonna get stronger, and he's just gonna be like this hell demon, whatever, like that. And then that's when boom, 
the monkey prince who DC has been shoving down our throats oh, for yeah. the last year. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dude who wrote fucking Shang-Chi. The same guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the monkey prince is there. He jumps in front of Damien. He's just like, yeah, I've been following the whole time to see what's going on. And he was like, look, can why don't you jump on Batman's uh Batmobile instead of my ride instead of throwing me off? He was like, well, yeah, why don't you just ask? So he takes some hairs from his uh he takes some hairs off of him and he morphs them into himself, like oh, clones of himself, and they cool. attack the Batmobile. Yeah. Okay. And, and they make the Batmobile crash, stuff like that, and knock it over like that. But Batman just walks out of it like through fire. You know, he's like, This won't stop me. One somebody's gonna die tonight. It's gonna be either my son or your son, or like that. He just chasing him. And Damien's just like, okay, if you can make clones, why didn't you make clones of like Superman? He's like, well, I, I could, but they don't have any powers. It's like, well, that's useless, you know. So anyway, they get away and they run away. And he basically telling him what will happen. Like, yeah, if you don't remove Batman's uh, like devil as a soul out of Batman's body, he's going to get stronger up to the point that he was like that before when y'all fought him before like that, where he's just basically this unstoppable guy. So he's going to keep getting stronger until you stop him, you know. But if you remove his soul, you kill your father. You're like, do you understand what I'm saying? He was like, well, like one life, one billion life, you know, what's, what's to do it? So anyway, what Damien does is does the same trick he did back in the other Batman versus uh, Robin books where he called the Bat family and sick the Bat family owner. But instead of like mind controlling them, he just asked them, Batman's crazy. He's a demon. Whoop his ass. They're like, okay, they go. And so he goes to like the top of, you know, Commissioner Gordon's police detective, turns on the bat signal. So because he knows the devil, Nezzle, there's enough Batman in the devil. Nezzle. When he turns on the bat signal, he's going to just come to the bat signal. So he goes there. He's like, I, know, I can smell you, Batwilp. I know this is your doing. Review yourself, you know. And that's when Damien's like now. And then all the bat family just jumps out of there and they just whoop his ass again. But here's the thing. They've already gotten that ass with a Batman before. <laughs> That's how Batman beat him in Batman versus Robin. But now Batman is powered up by a demon, like the demon. So he just kicks their ass. They they try to fight back. Damien's like, fuck this. I'm gonna just shoot. I mean, not Damien, uh, Jason Todd, like, fuck, I'm gonna just shoot his ass. Shoots him. You know, they punch him. They stop. And guess what? None of it matters. Batman just knocks them all off, you know, because he's getting stronger the more he stays in Batman's body. You know, man, the monkey prince just like, um, Look, while y'all doing this, I'm gonna go uh get some magic people and go get Devil Nessa's body. That way we can switch the bodies, you know. I'm gonna get like Zatanna and some other people. Oh, and then that's when the monkey prince is like, Oh, I got another trick. Check this shit out, Damien. So he pulls more hairs off his body, throws them down, and then all of a sudden, now you got shadow clone Damien's like in Naruto, <laughs> you know. So you got a bunch of them, and they just all just rush at him at the same time, just start whooping his ass, you know. Oh, uh, but even that doesn't work because just like this, just like Naruto in the anime, anytime Batman punches one of them, they disappear. You know, they only they can only take one punch. Meanwhile, but they do get some shots in. They break his arm. You know, uh, they punch him in the gut. Uh, they they dislocate his shoulder. You know, they try to hold him down. But the thing is, since he's still the Devil Neza, he's actually like healing while Damien's doing it and getting strong. He was like, I gotta hurt him do this shit before he breaks out of my hole. You know. And that's when the magic people show up, Zatanna, Enchantress, that monkey pig person that they always show up, and the devil Neza's body, you know, they show up. And Zatanna puts him in like some kind of magic chain where she talks backwards and shit like that. And they try to hold him, but even then, he's about to break out of that if they don't hurry up and do this shit. And basically they're telling him like, <clears throat> like, you know what would happen if we do this right? Batman dies. 
He like, look, one million, like one life for a billion lives. You got to do it because the devil never gets as strong as he was before. We lost. That's it. So swap bodies. So they do the magic. So Satana and the Enchantress do the magic and they swap bodies. And Batman's soul is, you know, doesn't is back in his soul. Meanwhile, Batman is dead. He's out of there. So like shit. They're like, and they're like, I'm sorry, Damien. I didn't mean to do this. And Damien's like, okay, now do me. Like, wait, what? Yeah, put my soul into Batman's body. That was the plan the whole time. Because the world needs Batman more than me. That's what he's saying. So he's willing to sacrifice himself to save his father. And meanwhile, they're saying that, I'm sorry, Damien. Batman is so fucked up. Your soul is not enough to revive him. They're like, wait, no, but that was my plan. I played this whole time. Like, yeah, it's not going to work. He like, and that's when uh, Enchantress like, but if we had one of the bad people here, two of y'all could bring him back. But since they knocked out, I tell you what, I'll let you pick which one I kill. They're like, no, we're not gonna do that. They're like, but then Damien comes up with another plan. Okay, so my soul isn't enough, and one of the bad family soul is enough. But when we take a little piece of soul from a few people and combine it to give it to Batman, he was like, yeah, we could do that. But you know how many souls we have to have to do that? We need like thousands of souls to do that. He was like. Well, I got the plan. So that's when they go to Oracle and basically Oracle hacks into everybody's cell phone, TV, everything, everybody in Gotham City. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And basically tells everybody, look, you don't know Batman. Some of you don't believe Batman existed. Batman has saved your life. Batman is the reason I'm here. I owe him my life. Batman has never asked you for anything ever, but he is at death's door right now. And the only thing that can save him is the people of Gotham. A so if you see your heart <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know they just lift your soul you know basically like you got your soul your spirit your light your, your the force whatever you want to call it we need a piece of that if a, a piece of it you that you won't miss all of you like lift your hands in the air and give your power to batman you bring batman fine. back to life exactly <laughs> so they like yeah we could do this so everybody like lift their hands in the air you know and they give up a little piece of their spirit. So like the, the spirit of Gotham and everybody like, we are Batman. We are Batman. Everybody says it at the same time. And while they're saying that a lightning bolt strikes from the ground and hits Batman. And of course, Batman wakes up. So Batman was resurrected by the spirit of Gotham. Oh, that's, shit. that's, that's, that's some deep shit right there. I can like that, you know, that's cute. Yeah, so Batman wakes up. said, Damon, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he look, he, he calls for Damien, wonder what Damien is. He's like, I'm here, father, you're safe. And they hug it out. You know, so, yeah, yeah. So, so father and son. Yeah. So everybody calls him a little shit, but he really always about to sacrifice himself to save his father. You know, I thought that was some pretty deep shit. So, so basically, the aftermath of everything that happened, there is no more Lazarus juice pits nothing on the planet anymore it's all gone it's all used up so well, you can't bring anybody back with oh, that well what, yeah. what we need is a good crisis <laughs> exactly just bring all this shit back and that's what damien says like the devil never thought he could take us but he underestimated the power of batman and robin because nobody can beat them when they're together the end that's it so yes that's pretty cool. I kind of like that. That was a good ending to this story. The funny thing is that that's that's wrapping to that whole Lazarus Planet shit that we didn't read. It's over. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. done. So we don't <laughs> need to know anything about it. 
Well, there you go. That worked out. Yeah. That worked out. It worked out just fine. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So so what you got next? I I got this. Um, where monsters lie. Okay. This is that horror book at is it Image or Dark Horse? I forget. I totally forgot who it is. <laughs> but um, it's that sla- that town of slashers. So there's this 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 like gated community that houses slasher villains. Um, and they stay there while they're not on one of their murder rampages. You know, they they chill out. They prepare for their next killing spree. Um, one of the rules about that town is you're not supposed to kill anybody while they're staying in that neighborhood because they don't want to draw the fuzz. They don't want to, you know, the cops coming. But one of them, one of the slasher villains, ends up going on a killing spree and kidnaps a bunch of kids and kills them all. But one kid escapes, runs out and goes right to the cops, takes them back, takes them, the cops, to this neighborhood. And that's kind of where this this uh, issue starts. The cops have shown up to the killer's neighborhood and they're all like, oh shit, the cops are here. What do we got to do? I said, well, we better go kill all these cops. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out one of the cops, the guy leading this squad, um, he's, he's part of this special unit. And he, it turns out that he's a survivor of some one of the killer's killing sprees. Um, he was at some amusement park where a slasher villain killed a bunch of people, killed his parents, and he and he hid out, he hid out in a fun house or whatever. Um, and he was like the low, the you know, instead of the final girl, he was the final boy, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then he grew up to be, you know, to get revenge. So he became a cop. He trained in all these martial arts. He knows all these different, uh, you know, criminology and, you know, all these military tactics. And he knows all this paranormal you know, research and shit. So he's prepared all his life to finally find the slasher villain and get take his revenge. And the slasher villain is staying in this neighborhood. So he shows up and um, they're investigating. But while they're while the cops are going around the neighborhood, look, you know, knocking on all the killers' houses, they're getting killed. All the different slashers are taking out these cops. Here's a panel or here's a page of this this clown slasher that uses a flamethrower and burns a bunch of cops alive and shit. Damn. Um, oh, they and really yeah. go there. Okay. Yeah. And then the kid, the, they actually brought the kid back there. Like, hey, you got to show us where this neighborhood is. So now the kid's running around, you know, trying to survive this, this you know, the slashers that are taking out the cops and shit. So it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's, it's pretty, it's, it is the writing. It gets a little cheesy, but I think that's what they're going for. They're going for stupid campy fun. Um, kind of a you know, it's a, it's it's if you're into slasher movies like Jason, Freddy, Chucky, Scream, or any of that shit, this is right up your alley. Um, it's it's yeah, it's just a fun, goofy horror book. I'm I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna stick with it. So okay. I'll give it a four out of five. No bro. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm booked out. So if you got another one, you can. Uh, do I want to do this? This was just I. Right. I've read another book. Fuck it. What time we got? Oh, I could go 10 minutes on this, maybe. Not even. Yeah, we got that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll do this Misfits book. <laughs> this is just. Okay. Now, is this, is this an old book? or I, I couldn't find it. Okay. This is, uh, yeah, this is Brad. This is basically some, what are they called? Uh, what's this company called? Tidal Wave Productions. 
Then we, okay. So it, this is just basically a bio biography on the band The Misfits. Oh, okay. Um, the Misfits, they're a hardcore punk band, one of my all-time favorites, probably top five of my all-time favorite bands, um, featuring Glenn Danzig on vocals. D- Danzig has gone on to be a kind of a bigger, big metal dude. He's done, his songs have been featured in movies. He's done comic, he's a huge horror geek. He's a huge comic book fan. He does, you know, he did that Veronica comic series. He's been doing shitty horror movies now too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But his first band that he was ever in was the Misfits. He kind of started it with Jerry Only. Now Jerry Only was the bass player and this book is pretty much told from his perspective. Um, and just kind of goes through his, you know, his what ha- his point of view um, and the friction that he had. With, they, they've always had a kind of volatile relationship. Danzig kind of kept the name and made money off them uh, throughout the 80s and 90s, kind of made money, kept the name and made money off the name. And um, But there was a court battle where the bass player, Jerry Only, was finally awarded the back the name and he was able to reform the band and took them on tour and that's when i finally saw them you know um and they've kind of gone through lineup changes and stuff like that so it just goes he he kind of gives his his side of the story um and you can tell he's salty about a few things you know they they have a you know him and danzig have never really gotten along very very well and he kind of touches up on that shit but they have recent in recent years the original kind of like the original lineup you know they've been doing uh tour dates i have still not seen them in the original lineup yet but um they've been doing that for the past few years obviously making money of course punk rock elitists are like they sold out but hey <laughs> you want to make money make money <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i it was it's okay i mean i i kind of already knew the story i was hoping that it was going to be like they were superheroes or a horror book or something. Like Kiss in the 70s with Marvel. Yeah, like yeah. the Kiss comics and shit. That's yeah. kind of <laughs> like hoping. Um, there was a there was a Doyle comic. So Doyle is Jerry Only's brother, and he's the guitarist. And years ago, there was a, a comic featuring Doyle as a comic, like a, this super monster fighter fighting zombies in this like hellish wasteland. And it was pretty fucking cool. And that's what I was kind of hoping this was going to be. But this is basically the history of the band that I kind of already knew about and shit. So mm-hmm. eh, I thought it was I, you know, and just hearing Jerry only side of it, which again, I already knew about this. I already know the volatile relationship between, you know, these guys. So I right. thought it was just kind of, you know, redundant. I thought. Okay. Let me ask you, has there ever been a movie about the Memphis Misfits? No. no. Okay. So you're reading a screenplay right now. Kinda, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From one side of the story, <laughs> right? That's what's gonna happen. So, yeah. but they they touch upon how Metallica made them blow up because Metallica was fans in the eighties, and that's kind of where we started hearing about them because they broke up in like eighty one, eighty two, or something. They were, mm-hmm. you know, they formed in like seventy seven. They played, they released a handful of records, you know, and then broke up like a few years later. So they never really made that much of an impact mm-hmm. um, until Metallica. You know, a bunch of thrash bands were fans, like grew up listening to them and they were wearing their shirts and it was Metallica covering 
Last Caressing Green Hell. And that's where I first heard of the Misfits. And I first heard of Metallica. I was 13 years old. I bought the Garage Days EP that Metallica released because it was only $5. I never heard Metallica before. I was, I was just, I was in the metal at the time. I was listening to Iron Maiden and, you know, Ozzy and all that shit, Twisted Sister. Um, but I wasn't into like, really, this is the first time I heard like thrash, you know? So it was Metallica's cover of Green Hell, the Misfits song, where I first heard like speed and thrash. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, I, I was like, I was like, these, they cannot possibly be playing this. <laughs> like no human <laughs> can play this heavy. And I was just, I thought it was hilarious. And I remember just taking that tape, uh, you know, the cassette tape of Metallica's Garage Days. And that's the only song that I kept playing was Metallica's cover of The Misfits, Green Hell. And I was showing all my friends, like, you guys got to hear this shit. And I just kept playing that. It's only like a minute long, but it's just like, and it's the first <laughs> time I heard anything about that. And I thought it was so funny. Then I just became obsessed with that. Like the aggression, it was just so... There's something about it that just like it, it, this is the like that fast aggressive style of music that I that's when I started getting into thrash. I started hearing uh, buying more Metallica, buying more Slayer, and then I became a big thrash. Now I my gamer tag is Thrash Jaws, but that <laughs> that was my first taste of music that fast and aggressive was Metallica's cover of The Misfits Green Hell. So um, yeah, where's all started? Okay, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought this was going to be a more of a horror because they're, they're all they do is sing about horror movies, like old fifties, and like universal horror, campy horror movies, campy B sci-fi horror movies. That's been like most of what their songs have been about. Didn't they do that Wednesday song? No, that's the Cramps. Okay, I got the it. Cramps. Okay. They're more of a rockabilly, old school rockabilly kind of a uh, style. And Misfits okay. were more rock and rolly, like the Ramones. Ramones were kind of rock and rolly. You know, very hard rock and roll, um, okay. and, and the Misfits were kind of that that's the type of style. But the Cramps were more like rockabilly, like you know, kind of the edge of country, country mm -hmm. western, and you know, Chuck Berry type of shit. Yes. You know? Okay. So yeah, so this is just a three out of five. I was hoping this was going to be more of a horror book, and but it's just a biography about a story that I already know about. So, die. Interesting. Okay. Uh, like I said, that yeah, I'm That's booked it. out. It went, it. Yeah, I'm booked out also. Uh, like I said, we didn't have a show, but we made a show out of nothing. So yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we always do. Like I said, when we unfocus, we get a whole bunch of stuff oh, we don't know wow. about. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. Uh, appreciate anybody listening this long. Appreciate anybody that listens to this later on in the recording and listens up to this point. We appreciate that. You know, mm -hmm. I also put all the stuff out. So you think about that. Uh, next week we will come with something else. I don't know. Probably some other bullshit happens but something will happen we don't know yeah. something always does until then shazam. It's Leroy. shazam coming out no that's later on or scream are you gonna go see scream probably not i'll let you have that uh, i don't know I'll, i might see I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. at this point i'm like Remember, I, has... I watched last year because it was still kind of sort of the pandemic well it was so it was nothing... it was on it was on tv at the time yeah and i was like yeah, okay, so we didn't I'll, go anywhere. I'll check yeah. it out because it, what, there was nothing else to do I feel like with Scream, they said all they have to say. I don't know what else can you do. I don't know. They just and Nev Campbell ain't in this one, right? They she did. They want to pay her the money or something like that, yeah, you know. So, so. 
Plus, they got the new people. They got you know Jenna Ortega. Wednesday. You know, yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesday. So yeah, so they got they the, the uh, scream the new blood or new batch mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. So yeah, yeah. So no, nah, I'm not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm you know, but I will see Cobra. Oh. <laughs> I might yep. watch that too. You know what? I'm gonna watch it too, man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you should watch Cobra also. Yes. Whoever listening to this, classic. Yeah. A classic. It's yeah. A uh, cinematic masterpiece. Real cinema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time. Same bullet channel. Ladies and gentlemen of the GED class of 1999, I have one piece of advice for you. No matter what a stripper tells you. There's no sex in the champagne room. None. Oh, there's champagne in the champagne room. But you don't want champagne. You want sex. And there's no sex in the champagne room. Don't go to parties with metal detectors. Sure, it feels safe inside, but what about all those niggas waiting outside with guns? They know you ain't got one. If a woman tells you she's 20 and looks 16, she's 12. If she tells you she's 26 and looks 26, she's damn near 40. Take off that silly ass hat. The old possibly committed all those crimes. Coolio did some of that shit. Young black men, if you go to a movie theater and someone steps on your foot, let it slide. Why spend the next 20 years in jail cause someone smudged your puma? Cornbread, ain't nothing wrong with that. No matter what you think of what I'm saying, remember this one thing. There is no sex in the champagne room.
I've said may not apply to you. Some of the things I've said may offend you. But no matter who you are, you must remember this one thing. No matter what a stripper says, there's no sex in the champagne room. None. No sex in the champagne No sex in the champagne Champagne, no, 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 no